This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Real wolves are social creatures. They need and crave a group to belong to in order to survive and thrive. The same is true for your Minnesota Timberwolves. Now join host Henry Lake as he gets an inside look with another prominent member of the club. This is Life in the Pack. Welcome to the Life in the Pack podcast. I'm your host, Henry Lake. This is episode two of the podcast this season. A couple of weeks ago, we talked to head coach Chris Finch. And today we chat with a former player that Timberwolves fans will never forget from his three years with the team. He arrived in 2003 with the club, and the team immediately benefited from his arrival as they made their way to the 2004 Western Conference Finals. A four-time All-Star, and he reached the NBA Finals as well with the New York Knicks. A pleasure to chat with Latrell Sprewell here on Life in the Pack. Welcome back to Minnesota, Latrell. Thank you. Thank you. I feel right at home. Man, this is awesome to see you again, and and I'm I'm seeing right outside here. We're seeing John Thomas, your your buddy, and you you're talking about the good old days with John Thomas and the crew. How's it feel to be back in Minnesota? Oh man, it feels great. I'm it's nice to see some familiar faces. I um, think we're going to see Troy Hudson later, so uh, you know I I love Tro- Troy as well. So I I just feel right at home. Nice. All right, so you burst onto the scene when you arrived in the NBA in 1992, immediately making an impact. You averaged over 15 points a game. What do you remember about breaking into the league and having success right away? Well, I think for me, one of the things I uh, remember most is I came into the league unknown for my defense. But Nelly Don Nelson, is a, he's an offensive guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he played me almost 48 minutes. I think I led the league in minutes that year. So he just wanted me to get as much experience as I could, and he left me out on the court and, and let me play as much as possible, and that really helped my game a lot. So knowing that you came in with the identity of being a defensive guy, did having that success offensively surprise you in any way or surprise the league? Well, I think it surprised me and the, the league. I mean, I, for me, I just put in a lot of work coming into uh, my rookie year. But, you know, I was I was raw. I, there were some things I needed to work on. And um, being able to watch Chris Mullen shoot and watch how mm-hmm. he, you know, what he did after practice and before practice, getting there early, you know, that was really beneficial as well, just getting to pick his brain and, and, and watch him and see how he worked on his shot. So, you know, it, that, that helped me a lot. Did you get a chance to play with Mitch? You didn't no, play with Mitch Richmond. No, oh, they man. traded uh, for Billy. Oh, okay, Owens. okay, Billy Owens. Okay, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't get to play with Mitch, but I played against him a lot at second. He was, he was a tough cover. Yeah. All right. So I asked the question about the success because, you know, the Timberwolves have a phenomenal young player in Anthony Edwards. 
He broke out of the league last year as a this, you know one of the top rookies out there. What do you think of Anthony's game? Well, I watched him a little in college, so I always thought he was you know a big physical guy, strong for his size. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of you know putting in the work, like I'm saying, like what I like with me. You just have to do so much more, even when you think you're at the top, because you know he came in like you know pretty highly touted, I guess. So. But you still, when you get to the league, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. You know, and you're, and you're looking at guys that, that you looked up to, you're kind of starstruck, and you got, you got to get through all of that. So I, it's just a matter of, like, him growing and getting some experience, getting games under his belt, yep. and, feeling, and building that confidence. All right, you hail from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Washington High School, correct? Correct. All right, so with that being your hometown and Milwaukee being so close to Minneapolis, did that part excite you when you arrived in Minnesota via the trade? It actually did, and I, I when I got here, I was like, I just felt like at home. You know, it's like the you smell the air, the Midwest air. It's like, <laughs> so I, I really felt at home, and you know, just being so close to my family, it was a five hour drive, an hour flight if they wanted to come see me or something like that. So yeah, it, it was fun being here for sure. You, Kevin Garnett, and Sam Cassell, in my opinion, were the first big three in Timberwolves history. What do you remember from that two thousand and four season? Oh man, just how close that unit was. We, I think that's one of the reasons we we had so much success is because we we really got along off the court. We would you know eat together and and we just did a bunch of stuff together. And I don't think we had anyone on that team that didn't like someone else. We genuinely loved each other and we and then when we got on the court, it showed. This is the Life in the Pack podcast. I am your host Henry Lake, and today's guest is Latrell Sprewell here on the podcast. All right, Spree, keep it real with the people. In your opinion. I always keep it real. Man. Yeah, all right, all right. We're going to keep it real right here. That's all I know how to do. That's all you know how to do. If Sam Cassell doesn't get injured and he's able to finish the postseason back in 2004, do you think the Wolves win a championship? Man, you, you're stabbing me right in the heart, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to. You know to. what? It wasn't only Sam. It was Troy. Mm-hmm. We didn't have Troy. Troy went down in uh, preseason with the ankle injury, and he was, you know, he never really recovered from that. Mm. I think he tried to come back a little too early and, and, and made it worse, so – Man, if we could have had one of those guys, it, it was it was brutal. I mean, we ended up with Derek Martin. Yeah, I was just street, about to mention. Man. Yep, Derek. Yep. He just kind of just got through in the fire. But yeah, if you ask me, no question. If Sam or Troy, if we have one of those guys, I think we're in the finals. And and I think we beat Detroit twice that year. They weren't going to beat us, so it was just unfortunate to have that kind of injury so close to the finals. Yeah, that's kind of a. Bu- I mean, it was a really a, a buzzkill because I know at the time, you know, me sitting there in in in, in press row and just the excitement and the energy at each and every one of those games. And then going into that Lakers series, well, I felt like it was our time. That's, that's, that's playoff energy. That's the playoff atmosphere. The fans love it. The city loves it. I mean, it's, it's summertime. It's getting warm out. I mean, just driving to the game, man, it was crazy around the Target Center. So, I mean, that's what the playoffs are all about. I mean, that's the most fun, fun time of the year for a player and a coach. I mean, because that's what you're playing for. You're playing for a championship. And, and to have an opportunity to try to – to accomplish that, it's a big deal. Well, is there a different type of focus when you get into the into that playoff? Is there like a playoff mode oh, versus definitely. the regular? Okay, I mean, you hear people say it all the time. You have to take it to the next level. I mean, and and you do, and it's all about preparation. I mean, you're playing a team possibly seven times, so you really have to be in tune with the game plan. What you have to do to stop a guy? What are what are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? And you really, like I said, you really have to like like hone in on that. So to try to limit their baskets, and you know, playoff scores, you know, they come down because God, you know the team so well. You play them so many times in a yeah. row. Was there was there um, like this veteran presence that you had and you shared with with the guys, knowing that you had been in the NBA Finals with the Knicks? 
Well, yeah, obviously, just just being in the finals and being in the playoffs, it, it helps you, you know, just mm-hmm. to, just to get ready. You don't have that nervousness, you know. So I think for me, just you know, having that playoff experience, uh, it definitely helped me when we got in the playoffs during that run. Who was the player that was probably your best friend or the player that you trusted the most during those playing days? Um, here, not, not, here, just and in anywhere, yeah, I, and know, in general. I gotta, I mean, I gotta be. Give honest, me, give man. me two, give me both. I gotta be honest, man. I had some great teammates. I mean, Chris Weber, like I said, Billy mm. Owens, um, Mully was great for me. Uh, Patrick Ewing, he's probably one of the reasons I got to uh, New York. Um, I told him this story about when we were free agents. Mm-hmm. I think it was myself. Allen Houston and Reggie Miller, we were all free agents at the same time. And um, the Knicks went right after Allen. And I was I was a little offended by that because they didn't even give me a look. I'm like, so I saw Patrick the next year. I'm like, Patrick, man, you go tell whoever the GM is over there is. Like, I, like they could at least give me a look to see if I wanted to come there. And, um, you know, I, I think he went and did that. And so when all this stuff happened and I was able to, you know, they were able to trade for me. I mean, they made it happen. So it was a natural fit. You were just recently in New York, right? Yeah, I was there for the the home opener. Okay, who, who were they playing? Boston. What, what do you think of their squad now? Oh, uh, I mean, they're looking good, man. They made some some changes with Kemba and, uh, you know, the two guard from Boston. I can't think of his name right now. But, um, yeah, I, I think they helped, their, helped themselves offensively. Yeah. I mean, with Tibbs, Tibbs coached here. So, I mean, Tibbs is a defensive guy, and he coached me at, at, at New York. And uh, the one thing you know you're going to get with him is is a, a, a team that's going to play hard and, and definitely play well defensively. So I think they, they made some improvements among, by getting some guys offensively. I think you're talking about Evan Fournier. Yeah, yeah that, Fournier. That's the, yeah, Fournier, that's the other guy that they got. Yeah, that's who they got. All right, so you attended the University of Alabama. So I bet you're all about the Roll Tide. Absolutely. It's known as a football school, but the basketball program is getting a lot of props. They had a great run last year. Do you follow them at all? Well, I followed them a little bit. I didn't know much because, uh, well, they had Avery. I played with Avery at yep. Golden State, and um, he kind of got them back on the map. He did. And made that was when they started training relevant. back. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, when they when they moved them on, I was like, well, y'all didn't understand what happened, but, you know, because I like I love Avery, so I'm like, you know, I thought that was a, you know, a bad situation, but the, the new guy they brought in, he seems to, he likes to play sort of like Golden State. They like to play a uh, fast tempo, get yep. get a lot, get up a lot of threes, and you know, so just watching them play, they're a lot of fun to watch. They 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 tend to like to get up and down a transition and play with a lot of pace. Right. So I'm in agreement with you on that. We're talking to Latrell Sprewell. He's our guest here on the Life in the Pack podcast, and I'm your host uh, Henry Lake. Now I have to run this story by you and get your thoughts on it. So there's this report that came across recently, and it's about Michael Jordan's return to the NBA after his first retirement. Now, according to the support, it says, although no one could question that Mike still had it in him, it was Jordan himself who wanted to test himself against two players. Yes, we're talking about then Golden State Warriors players Tim Hardaway and Latrell Sprewell. While Hardaway was already an all-star point guard during that time, Sprewell was an up-and-coming talent in the league. Well, to fulfill his request, Mike uh, called then Golden State Warriors assistant Rod Higgins. Now, this is via NBC Sports Chicago. The quote, MJ really wanted to play against Hardaway and Sprewell because Sprewell was the new it, so to speak, in terms of two guard. Once Michael got warmed up, you could tell his objective was to basically kick Spree and Tim's behind (laughs) and talk trash to them. He basically measured Spree up. The primary focus of MJ's request was to play against the aforementioned players was to test himself. If he could still defeat one of the best young players in the league or not. Now, I read that and it says to me that Michael Jordan 
had a whole heck of a lot of respect for young Latrell Sprewell. Well, you know, I hadn't heard that. And, that's, and for me, Mike, growing up, he he's the guy that I looked up to. So, I mean, when I saw when I first played against him, I was like a deer in headlights. And I, I can remember, like, uh, when LeBron first got in the league and mm-hmm. played me for the first time, you just you know that look when you you see a guy that's like, oh, wow. A little yeah. wide-eyed, huh? Right, yeah. So, and I know I had to be that way because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan. So, that's an honor in itself. But, I mean, at, at that point in time, being young, I'm just out there trying to learn things myself and – you know, Mike, he has – I mean, he's my, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest. So, for me, it was an honor to just be able to play against him. But I hadn't heard that story. In him, but, I mean, That's kind of a cool that, story, that, that man. That is a cool story. That's man. a lot I, of I, respect. I, that is. And I, I, I'm going to say, he, he kicked our buddy Golden State. <laughs> but when he came back and was at Washington, I got him back uh, at the Garden. So. <laughs> so, I got a little revenge on him. But Mike is – you know, Mike's the man. And, that, you know, that, that's a definitely a, a story that I hadn't heard, but it's an honor. Somebody that I think about often, who I had the pleasure of knowing, and, and you as well, was the late, great Flip Saunders. Uh, what was it like playing for Flip? Oh, man, Flip, offensively, man, he's like, I mean, it's a couple of coaches. I would say Nelly and Flip, offensively, the plays that they would draw up, I mean, you just knew they were going to work because it it worked so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and he just like, get the clipboard and spree, you're here, Sam, here, ticket, you do this. And, you know, and it... I mean, it it always worked, and and I think just his ability to call plays and and understand and feel the game offensively. I mean, I, that's what I took most from Flip. What is Latrell Sprewell passionate about these days? Well, well, I got a little couple of little girls at home, so obviously the family for me. That's why I'm still in Milwaukee. I'm a yep. you know I'm a homer. I've always been close to my family. I think that's the most thing I'm passionate about. But I mean, I mean, I'm a football guy. I like football. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of a gamer. I grew up playing video. Are games. you a Packers fan? Oh, I, I, I hey, hey, I love to say that. <laughs> I, I guess I'm from Milwaukee. I gotta, <laughs> come on, man. You know the Packers Vikings rivalry is. It's the it's, it's the NFC North. It so, is what it yeah, is. The yeah. Bears, the Lions. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, I, it's, it's, I mean, it's fun, man. The, I mean, the NFC North, I mean, the Packers and the Bears is the longest going rivalry in football. It's just so many great storylines with the four teams. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm very into into the football in the NFC North. If you never had an NBA career, what else do you think that you would have been doing in your life? Well, I think, I'll, honestly, football is my first passion. Really? Yeah. And I, but you know what? I've you just, and LeBron James, I'm, man. I'm just a skinny kid that's like, <laughs> I had a, a, you know, I grew from like my junior, my sophomore year to my senior year, I had a growth spurt. Mm. And I'm just like, dude, I'm Wait, not, how, how much of a growth spurt? How, I, I, we can't, I can't tell you. I, I can't really remember exactly okay. like how, how much it was. But I definitely grew a lot, and I'm just like, you know, I just wasn't really, for me, I didn't feel comfortable playing football. But I wanted to be a wide receiver. Like, I played in um, junior high, and, you know, I had a few catches for touchdowns and stuff. And, you know, I, that was my thing, man. I wanted to be a receiver bad. And, I, and my dad and I would go out, and, you know, he'd throw me passes all the time. And it was a, it was a, it was a passion of mine. I, that's why I'm a football fan today. At, at what particular point did you have to decide, though, that this was going to be what was going to get you to the next level? And I asked that because we had a kid here just recently, Jalen Suggs, who was just drafted in the, in the top five here. And he was Mr. Football and Mr. Basketball. But when he made that decision to go to Gonzaga, of course, it was all about basketball. So when well, did you make that decision? Well, for me, like I said, it was easy because I was in high school and I, like I said, I just grew. I I got so much taller. I was, mm. you know, I was just. And then and the guys in I grew up in Flint. I stayed in Flint with my dad for a few years before I uh, moved back to Milwaukee. And and back then Flint was putting out some of the best players 
uh, from high school. The high school scene on in Flint was was really good. Oh, I've been to Flint. Yeah, so, had me a couple Halo burgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, basketball was a thing back then. So uh, for me, like I would say, my sophomore year, uh, I'm like, hey, this is you know, it's, it's all about basketball for me. And I was actually, I can actually remember not playing and seeing some of the like kids I was in grade school with playing. I'm like, and I, and I play against these kids all the time at the park. And they're just out there, you know, he made, the, one of my guys made the JV team, and it's like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I should be out there too, you know? Yeah. All right. This is the question I think a lot of fans want me to ask you about, and I wanted to ask it. How did the spinning rim shoes come about? That was such a creative idea at the time. Well, it came from the rims. When the, the rims came out, I just thought, I'm like, man, this would be kind of cool to try to get this idea on the shoe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, and I brought it to Dada because I was wearing Dada at the time. And, yep. uh, but I brought it to them kind of late in the summer. And I'm, so they were kind of pushing to get it done before the season started and just trying to figure out a way to, okay, how can we make the mechanism work to have it and, and make it comfortable and, you know, make the shoe still quality. So. Uh, but it came from the rim, the spinning rims from my rim shop, man. So, I, you know, the spinners were it was it was a it was a fad. You know, at the time, it, it was it was popular. You know, and uh, you know, it's still popular. I mean, people people know them. about it. Yeah, yeah you know about it. I mean, you don't see them as much out on the street, but at the time, like you said, people know about them. And you know, they're it, on it eBay. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Yeah, I looked it yeah. up. Yeah, I'm sure you can still get them. But yep. I mean, back then when they first came out, man, I had people calling me left and right to try to get those things and uh, so. You know, I said, man, it'd be a nice idea to try to get this on the shoe. Yeah. All right, your former teammate, Kevin Garnett, he recently went into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Do you guys still chop it up? Uh, I talk to him every now and again. Uh, not not like I feel like we should, but, you know, I give KG his space. But anytime we see each other, it's, it's always love. Like, uh, KG is one of, like, you asked me about some of the guys that I love and, and yeah. bonded with when I played. And, and KG is definitely one of those guys. And just, just being able to play with somebody with that much passion and has the kind of attitude sort of like myself on the court. And, we, you know, we're both bringing that energy and that grit and that, that grime and we're scowling at people and the team is like, you know, it, it was fun to play with a guy like that. I wonder what it was like in the practices, man, because you are intense. You're passionate. He's intense. He's passionate. Oh, Sam, I mean, too. I bet they got feisty. Yeah. Oh, man, the, the, oh, so that's what helped. I mean, those our second team helped push us because we were going. They, we went at each other mm-hmm. in practice. Like, Flip would have to call practice sometimes because it would get so intense. That's awesome, man. All right, so what is the biggest misconception about Latrell Sprewell? Well, I played with such an edge, and 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 the way I played, the, the scowl, like I said earlier, I, a lot of people think I'm this mean guy yeah. because of the way I play. But and then you see me off the court, and it's like that's not the guy I'm used to seeing. Or that's not the that, he's not anything like I thought he would be. Yeah, that's I mean that's awesome. Like when, when I think about you right now, you just said you know I'm being a dad. I got my daughters and stuff like that. Right. Do they are they into athletics at all? Yeah, my daughters are very athletic. So mm. I mean they're you know, seven and nine. So you know they're it's in the, in the jeans. Yeah, I mean they're like. Then is then is all out and but super athletic, a ton of energy. Like they don't, they got my, you know, they got that from me. Stamina wise, they can just go, go and go and go. You know, so yeah, they're they're definitely. I think they're gonna track or something like that. Maybe I don't know tennis, basketball. I don't. I don't try to force them into anything. Yeah. It's just they're trying to feel their way out and see what they're into. You're just trying to be super supportive, right? As a yeah, whatever they want to do, whatever they gravitate towards, and I'm just want to, you know, be there to support them. All right, so you love football, but clearly you love basketball as well because that was what what you know made you famous and you right. got in the league and, right. and you played outstanding. Who was the player that you looked up to when you were like in middle school or high well, school? We said Michael. Michael. Michael was sure. that guy. Michael. Okay. Michael definitely, but. Being in like living up, growing up in Detroit, living in Flint too. I was a bad boy fan. You know, I, I loved the, the the team, the Piston team. 
with, with Zeke and uh, all those guys and the way they would rough you up, Bill and Beer, you know, Rodman and Sally. So, I mean, do Dumars, that that was a great team. And it was, it was me living in Detroit, I mean, in Flint at the time. Rooting for Detroit was easy. So, I, I love that team. All right, before we let you go, we do this thing. It's kind of a rapid-fire question, all right? Okay. So, so basically, I'm going to mention something, and you just briefly tell me what comes to mind first. I got it. Madison Square Garden. Oh, it's it's the mecca, man. It's the mecca. It's the most famous place to play, and I and you know that because when guys go play in New York, they're trying to put up fifty every time. Like it's it's just that you're gonna get a team's best shot when you're at the Garden because that place is just so special. Bella Note. <laughs> Lots of nights after the game. <laughs> a lot of fun at that place, man. I, we, John Thomas and I were talking about it uh, yesterday about. How many times Sam and I we went over there after the games, and I mean it was a it was a fun scene, especially after we you know got a win. Just an inside joke there because everybody thinks about that was the bomb place it back was in the, the day, spot. right across the street, I, right so across the street. Like, hey, what are you doing? Want to eat at Bellanote? <laughs> eat at Bellanote. Yeah. Go upstairs and escape if you want, and then right. that was the end of the oh, night. Oh man, I love that place. That's funny you brought that up. <laughs> we were just talking about it. Best vehicle that you own to get you through the Minnesota winters. Uh, well, the range. I had the range, man. It's good in the snow. You know, you get a lot of snow here. So, you know, get your snow tires ready and, you know, that thing, it'll get you through it. So, All right, last one for you. Did you ever see a concert at First Avenue, which is right across the street? And if so, what was your favorite? I actually haven't. So Really? No, I didn't. I in didn't. your years, you never went to the I, legendary First Avenue that I, Prince made famous? I, no, I never, been, I never got a chance to go to a concert there. So, that yeah. was, you know I mean, that was one of those things I, I didn't get to knock off the bucket list. Yeah. But, I mean, hey. Well, I, I had a lot of fun here, though, so I can't complain. Yeah. Well, Latrell, man, it's been a pleasure to chat with you, bro. Yeah, it's been and, fun. And, uh, you know, we, we enjoyed you on Life in the Pack, and it's nice to see that you're doing well, man. Yeah, I am, man. Hopefully I'll uh, get JT to get me back out here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Yeah, I, absolutely. Thanks, bro. Absolutely. That's Latrell Sprewell, our guest this week on Life in the Pack podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.